ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Eh, there's no children. There's never children that listen to this show. And whoever is listening to this show, we're back for another episode of Cincy Brewcast. Another week, uh, another brewery, another uh, another lineup of exciting beers. There is um, all kinds of excitement going on. <laughs> we are. Um, this is a fun show because we haven't been here yet. Um, I've I've written quite a bit about the Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati, um, but I've never done a show here, and I'm I'm really excited to be here. You guys have um, how can we put this? You you've gotten a lot of shit here in Cincinnati. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, probably you've probably gotten you've probably gotten more shit than anybody else. You, you're really close with Bad Tom. You guys are kind of. The people that people love to shit on when they don't know what else to do with themselves, when they're tired of waiting in line for the latest New England IPA or whatever they do, <laughs> the beer nerds in their spare time. I'm, I'm going to make a whole lot of people mad this episode. You I can sure already are. tell. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot to talk about about that, and we'll get to all of that. Sure. <laughs> Believe me, we'll, we'll get to it all. We'll talk about the Kickstarter even. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, which you're probably going to regret being by yourself right now <laughs> very quickly. So... Um, Introduce yourself. Tell people who you are, what you do here. Sure. Yeah, so I'm uh, Jason Cerniak. I'm uh, co-owner and head brewer here at uh, Queen City Brewery. Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati in Blue Ash. Yep. Let's yeah. start with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that people love to give you shit about is the fact that you are the Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati in Blue, in Blue Ash. Ash. Yeah, um, yeah. Before you jump into kind of the whole story of, of where you guys were looking at originally and that kind of thing, um, I have to point out that literally right down the road from here was Watson Brothers. Okay, mm-hmm. So it was a 90s, early 2000s brew pub that was owned by a company called The Queen City. Well, they were originally The Queen City Brewing Company, and then they changed it to The Queen City Restaurant Group. Mm-hmm right down the road like right. so there there is there is a part of this that if it had been planned out that way would have been brilliant too but <laughs> you can't you can't give you too much shit because it kind of makes sense and because people have done it before but kind of go into the story let's let's before we dig into the beer mm-hmm. how did this all start sure. you guys weren't always looking at blue ash right no we weren't always looking at blue ash in fact uh it all just kind of got pieced together for us. You know, it all actually all started with Mike, one of the other co-owners here, you know, uh, going out to Colorado and visiting his brother. And uh, while they're out there, they just, you know, brewery hops, you know, and, and while Mike was sitting there, you know, he just was looking at an, an oatmeal raisin stout and thought to himself, why am I still working at my day job? And I'm not going to say what that company was because both him and I worked for the same day job. He was in some kind of enterprise that uh that that he was not happy with right nice see what i did there yeah that was great that's perfect um but you know and he was sitting there and and, uh you know he was drinking that beer and he's like man this is really great you know he just really liked the the environment the atmosphere that the culture kind of created where it's almost like going back in time to old school speakeasies you know and and to him that was just really something he wanted to embrace. So when he came back, that's when he started, you know, getting us all involved, reaching out to different people, you know, for different backgrounds. Um, and I was one of his friends that just happened to have that background in brewing beer. Um, and yeah, you know, we went through the trials and tribulations of going through everything and, and getting our name out there and Kickstarters, all this other stuff. But yeah, we, we were actually originally looking closer towards downtown. 
um, we started branching out a little bit further out. In fact, there was an area off Dana Avenue that we had looked at as well. Uh, but, you know, what it really came down to for us was, you know, we don't have, and, and I'm trying to say this as politely as possible, we don't really have a lot of financial investors backing us. So we had to piece everything together out of pocket. Um, so we had to look at the areas, A, that was going to be affordable, and B, you know, where we could just do some quick um, construction renovation, get some turnaround, because uh, we really wanted to, to open the doors. And, and it wasn't necessarily a jump on the quote-unquote bandwagon, but it's really just something that we're really passionate about. Um, we've always wanted to start a business. We've always loved beer, uh, even like my background. Granted, I'm from New Jersey, and before I moved to the great state of Ohio, back in the day, like for me, going to New Jersey bar, it was, all right, give me a Heineken and a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> so, you know, moving out this way many years ago, it, it really helped shape and influence, like, what real beer drinking is and what goes into a really good beer. Um, and we just had a lot of passion about it. We just wanted to bring that passion to the people. So, yeah, we, we, we looked at a couple of places. In fact, another area that we looked at was over in St. Bernard as well. Um, some things just didn't really work out for us. So uh, we actually came upon um, this location here in Blue Ash. And we're like, you know what, we can really make it work here. Um, and we worked with the landlord to get everything uh, straightened out because, you know, our facility in the very beginning didn't even have bathrooms. So those had to be built. Right. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's pretty much how we ended up in Blue Ash. But... You Anybody know. who thinks that we are not currently sitting in Cincinnati, um, I mean, the the Facebook stream is just an audio stream, so you can't see me giving you the middle finger, but <laughs> I'm giving you the middle finger because this is as much Cincinnati as anywhere else. I don't I don't care if you're, you know, rock bottom right in the middle of what is quote unquote Cincinnati, mm-hmm. or if you're sons of toil out in Mount Oreb as far as you can think of Cincinnati. Like it, this is Cincinnati, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't. I don't care that much, and I don't know why people do care. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, we could we could probably make a few guests. Okay, so <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's, let's, let's drink some beer first. We need to, so my, my favorite segment of the show, of course, Mine because Mine why else would you start a beer podcast other than drink beer? Right. From the beer fridge. There we go. From, from the beer tap. Um, maybe one of these days. I know I can't change it. It's... At this point, from the beer fridge is just what it is, even if we're drinking from taps. Um, so I already started a little bit because I needed something to help me set up, and <laughs> beer helps me set up a little bit. But So we'll, we'll talk about that one in a second because um, I'm really liking it. Let's, let's start with this one here, the Amber Waves of Grain, which I have not tried yet. I don't think it was on the last time I was here. No, uh, yeah, so that's a relatively newer release, uh, probably within trying to – we released so many different beers and rotate stuff. I think it was about three or four weeks ago is when we first tapped it. And it's just been flying off our taps. So uh, obviously an amber ale, amber yeah. waves of grain. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it hit uh, 7%, somewhere yeah. around there, 6.8. 6.8, yeah. And she sneaks up on you, too. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound of drinking because there's nothing else to do to fill the air while I try the beer. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about it. What you know? Yeah, absolutely. An, an amber ale is not the most exciting thing in the world to kind of mm-hmm. um, put on tap. How do you how do you put your own spin on it? Yeah, and, and you know, so actually, it's really funny. You know, I was looking at we have done an amber before, and that was our, our Cal Ale Super Amber, and I like definitely love that beer. But I wanted to create something that was a little bit bo- lighter in the body uh, compared to that Cal Ale. So I I created this beer. Um, so it's a little bit light, but still higher in the alcohol content. Um, starting, starting, we're so, slowly introducing people uh, in this area to those um, heavier beers. Right. Um, but yeah, so we went ahead with this one, and that one's brewed with Nugget and Falconer's hops. 
uh, Falconer Flight, rather. Um, and I just really went for something unique, something a little bit different, something you don't usually see in an amber, something that's still light, something still uh, easy to, to step up to, so to speak. Because I know a lot of people, when they've come in here before, um, when they drank our other ambers, like, man, this is a great amber, but you can only have a couple of these. Um, with this amber, though, uh, like I said, people have just been drinking drinking the crap out of that one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really nice. It's got a nice... Um, I mean, there's definitely... There's definitely some hop character there. Yes, yes. Um, I, I I love Falconer's Flight, so it's it hits in a nice spot for me. But mm-hmm. there's a nice maltiness too. It's nice and sweet, mm-hmm. but then it does have a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, that, that comes in, and and the uh, I, I almost think the hops kind of play off the alcohol more. Sometimes you get those 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 bigger beers, and then the sweetness from the, the malt kind of pulls that back down. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the hops are what's bringing it down for me, and kind of bouncing it out. That's, right. that's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, fill in, fill in the silence. So anybody who is jumping on on Facebook, feel free to at any point chime in with your questions. David, Justin, I'm looking at you guys. Um, next beer is the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Um, black IPA, which got really popular for a very short period of time and then it seems like everybody just gave up on it yeah yeah and there's there's a couple of more i dogberry's got a killer black ipa that mm-hmm. i'm absolutely in love with um i haven't had this one since probably early summer i think of last year yeah yeah and you'll <laughs> so notice a, you, you you tweaked it a little I bit tweaked it. you'll notice as soon as you uh you sip that one that one's definitely different from where she started so different in what way um, so there's going to be more of the uh, typical uh, dryness that you'll usually get on the back end of it, but it's still balanced. So it's not hitting you like a typical black IPA. Uh, what I did was I backed off one of our quote-unquote secret ingredients. Because um, I just felt like the uh, the ingredient that I used to add before, um, which you know I'm not gonna not gonna lie, it was it was vanilla guys. Um, it actually really balanced everything out and kept it really smooth, whereas I feel like this one has more of a, a presence, more of like a, a dark night presence, if you will. It's still really, really well balanced. Yep. Um, there's there's definitely the the, the dark side of it, the, 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 you know, those those dark flavors, the the roastiness and all that, but mm-hmm. um, the hops are definitely there. It's just, it's... it's this is really good down the middle. If people say they don't like dark beers, this mm-hmm. might kind of get them to think a little differently about them, and vice versa. If you don't like IPAs, this might get you to kind of think a little differently. Right, it's nice. Yeah, it's actually really funny. We were at a beer fest this year, and uh, Justin and I, one of the other owners here, were just going down one of the escalators, and uh, a gentleman was behind us. And it's like, hey, you guys are from Queen City, right? We're like, yeah. It's like, hey, did you bring that Dark Knight? It's like, well, no, you know, Beer Fest, you know, they picked the beers. And he's like, oh, man, I was there two weeks ago. He's like, I don't really remember what happened when I left, but <laughs> but that beer is phenomenal. <laughs> no, this is this is really good. I So before we get to the next one, mm-hmm. I was jumping online and kind of reading some of the things that people have said about you guys. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the reviews on, I don't know if it was Rate Beer, Beer Advocate, one of those where they review the brewery, mm-hmm. um, somebody kind of gave you guys a little bit of shit and said that, and this is not coming from me, right? <laughs> um, that the beer was no better than your buddy who was home brewing in his garage <laughs> and that he would never try it again because the beer wasn't worth it. Wow, that's uh, this, impressive. And that's, that's paraphrased. Yeah, for sure. 
I don't get that. I've 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 drank a lot of beer around Cincinnati, and I've I, there are definitely breweries that I look at, and I'm like, all right, you know, I get what you're doing, but you're not there. Mm-hmm. I'm not tasting that. I'm not. I I don't get that here. Yeah, I don't know if, if maybe that was someone like when we had first opened, you know, we were still tweaking, fine-tuning some of the uh, the recipes when we first launched. Maybe that's when it was. I'm not sure, but and, and I, I'm with you as well, you know. Uh, I see You're a lot also of, a little bit biased. <laughs> a little bit a little bit biased. But, you know, I also feel like, you know, there's, there's great breweries in Cincinnati, and then there's breweries who open to open. And when I approach their beers you know i'm trying to go in there with an open mind and i'm usually left somewhat disappointed um there's some like i said there's some really strong breweries out there and and i I do think it's funny that we kind of attract the hate for whatever reason um but i mean when we look at all of our ratings i mean look at like our google ratings our facebook ratings when people even just take the time to actually you know post stuff about us I don't see where those people are really coming from. Um, I mean, even recently, I'll throw this out there. I think it was maybe in December, we had a couple come in from P- Pennsylvania, and they rated us. And one, they said, "Oh, we don't really like you know your pizza." And you know, I got news: we don't make the pizza. <laughs> you know, um, but also they said that the beer is mediocre at best, and that's how they kind of left it. And I wanted to reach out and be like, "But how are you comparing it?" Like, what are you comparing it to? What are beers that you normally like? What are breweries that you like? Because if you're, and beer is very subjective, right? So, right. so if you're more of a fan of Gozes, and then you start venturing off into other ales that you don't really like to begin with, then to me, I don't really think that you have a place to critique something in that fashion. Um, every time I've approached breweries in the past, you know, even the, the breweries that kind of started everything here in Cincinnati or even going out, you know, back to New Jersey and, and even going to, you know, Brooklyn Brewery, I always approach something with an open mind. Um, and I also look at it, too, as like, hey, you know, I'm not a huge fan of every single style, but I understand what goes into the style, so I feel like I can critique it appropriately. I, I think there's also so even separating the style itself, like I... I'm, I'm a big proponent of a brewery opening that doesn't tell you what a style of a beer is. They give you a name that's probably something that has nothing to do with the beer. Right. Maybe ABV. Maybe ABV. Mm-hmm. And that's all that's on the board. And you just, you, you order off that. They might give you some, some tasting notes if you mm-hmm. ask. You know, oh, this one's, you know, kind of fruity or this one's a little piney or, you know, whatever. This one's chocolatey. Whatever that thing is. Right. But just separate you from any kind of preconceived notion about what this beer is supposed to be in my head right and like i think that that you know not that that's what's 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 happening here because i think you guys are 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 dead on for the styles that i've tried so far you know especially tonight i think you guys are nailing it so i i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know what it is it's people are getting something in their head Mm -hmm. and not being able to let it go when they're drinking and Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I think that's becoming more and more of a problem, probably not just here in Cincinnati, probably nationwide yeah. or with this, the way craft beer is growing, but definitely here in Cincinnati, I can see it, that there are people that don't want to like some places, no matter mm-hmm. what, and they just can't let that go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we'll talk about that. Why? <laughs> <coughs> Let's try this next one. Um, so this is the uh, Brick City Stout. Mm-hmm. Brick City. Uh, go into that a little bit. You, sure. I know this is an homage to to something with New Jersey yes, somehow. Absolutely, I, I know nothing about New Jersey. Right, yeah. I know a whole lot about Cincinnati, but 
literally nothing about New Jersey. Right, so, right. so dig into the name a little bit first. And Absolutely. So actually, Brick City actually refers to, you know, uh, being in Newark. You know, that was the and Brick City. Newark that's is in, in New Jersey. New Jersey? Yeah, okay, so yeah. that's one of the larger cities in New Jersey. It actually doesn't really have a good reputation from the past. Um, you know, it, used, it was actually, it's a, it grew as like a business district um, and eventually it just kind of morphed, but now there's like this whole revitalization that's taking place. And now it's also known as like, especially where the New Jersey Devils play, shameless plug, um, they're over in the Prudential Center. Is that that, is that, that hockey sport? That's that hockey sport, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they actually, they play over in the Ironbound District, which is still like a very thriving business district in, in, in downtown the Newark. The Ironbound District? Ironbound. That sounds awesome. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so I just wanted to pay homage to New Jersey. You know, um, I'm a transplant, so I, I still actually, every once in a while when I go back, I always feel very nostalgic, and I, I miss it more and more um, the longer I'm away from it. And, you know, I also miss the family and friends and everything, so I want to pay homage to them um, and just, just name a beer for them, but also something that could also just tie into the general theme of, you know, any type of city. You know, um, look at any old city that was built, is built on foundations, built with brick, so I figured, like, well, I can loosely tie that back into Cincinnati with its rich heritage right. and also with the bricklayers and everything like that. So, so I do try to balance both worlds there. So 5.5% mm-hmm. stout. It's nice and chewy, and yeah. it's, uh, it's roasty. It's, um, it's exactly what you want a stout to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. And, uh, and even with that one, it's funny because uh, so I like to experiment with, with hops and hop combinations. And, you know, when you're a smaller brewery and, and you're not using as much hops in each batch, you tend to get left with a lot of hops. So I, a, lot, a lot of times I'll experiment with what I currently have in stock. Um, so that one's actually done with Liberty and Nugget. So that's another beer with Nugget in it. Right. Um, but you can see that there's actually a, 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 a nice difference to it um, when it comes out in, the, in that brick city. It's, it's, it's killer. And especially, you know, I don't want to say 5.5% is necessarily sessionable, but this is... This is a beer that fulfills all of those like full flavored needs that you have, mm-hmm. but sometimes you want to have a couple of them, and you don't want to, you know, you, you got to drive home to the other side of the universe from right. Blue Ash, right? And <laughs> this fits right into that 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 nice sweet spot for me. This is exactly awesome. I mean, this is this is what I would go for awesome. on a very regular basis. For, it's killer, dead on. If anybody, I mean. If anybody hasn't been here recently, obviously come here recently, but if you have something in your head that you think this place is, like, just come back. You guys are, what, three barrels is what you're brewing on right now? Yeah, three barrel system. I mean, things change quickly at a place that's that's uh, on a nano scale. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, can't, you can't judge month to month even like <laughs> every batch that comes off is going to have improvements it's going to be different it's going to it's going to shift and change that's that's what makes nano breweries fun that's what that's, right. that's that's what makes it what it is so um you brought me another beer here i did and i don't have notes on this because it doesn't exist yet <laughs> right it's it's brandy 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 new um <laughs> So I decided to have a little fun, even though every, technically every beer I brew is a brewer series, but, but uh, I wanted to do like a brewer series on this one. Uh, just This one actually pays homage to a couple of different places. Um, for me, I'm a nerd when it comes to like space and astronomy, quantum mechanics, all other right. fun stuff. Um, and I'm also a huge music guy. 
and and my my favorite styles. Uh, it's funny. I go from jazz all the way to progressive death metal, and this one is actually in uh, just paying homage to one one of my favorite death metal bands, actually called Rings of Saturn. And uh, we're going to name this puppy Rings of Saturn. Uh, so she's not carbonated yet. I'm actually giving uh, our friend here a, a fresh taste right out of the fermenter. It's actually good uncarbonated. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking this uh, the, uh, Wednesday night when I was brewing <laughs> out of the fermenter. So style? So this is a, an IPA, but it's an IPA kind of like variant. Um, once this is more carbonated and more crash cooled, you're probably going to get some more of that out of there. Um, but so this one's actually using Admiral and Bravo hops. I originally wanted to go and pay homage to my day job, which I'll, I won't mention for various <laughs> reasons, but, um, they hand out awards called Bravo Zulus. And I was like, Oh, this would be great. I can pay homage to them. Cause this is like a reward. You're drinking a reward. Right. Um, but then I did some beer name research and saw that that name was already taken. Um, and then I was just sitting there thinking about it. And when I started drinking this, this beer, I was like, man, this is like it, it just plays with your mind because there's subtle, like almost like mango-y, fruity notes when you're going into yeah. it. Then you almost get like a, a slight smoky, almost like a peppery spice to it. And then at the end, if you just take a sip and you just sit back for a second, you almost feel like a, a very slight cooling, almost like a <laughs> mint feeling. It's nuts. <laughs> One of my favorite things. So like taste is really subjective. Oh, yeah, for sure. And when people tell you things you can immediately like get just smacked over the head with them and that was really fun because as you were describing it I was drinking it and yeah everything that you described <laughs> hit me pretty good no that's that's good I I'm excited to try that carbed and uh yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it and it's really funny because like I put this together and, and again like our IPAs aren't the the traditional American IPAs like going back to like the 90s and early 2000s where everyone's right. trying to put IBU 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 bitter 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 in fact, uh, a good friend of mine actually posted something recently where, you know, they're even talking about how IBUs is, is actually a misrepresentation. Right. Because depending how you use it and when you brew it, like when we had our killing joke, you know, that, or even our, um, uh, what was the other bad boy we had there? Oh, man, Sensopolis. Right, right. Uh, 112 IBUs, but you drink that bad boy and it's so smooth and malty and balanced that it was very approachable for someone who doesn't normally like, you know, double IPAs and everything. Um, so that's where I've kind of been playing with like when to yeah, add this, the hops and everything. So the this science doesn't of scream it. death metal to me. It <laughs> yeah. screams jazz. Like it's 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 very nuanced, yep. very very soft when you look at it from one side. But then there's lots of like really punchy things happening kind of in the background mm-hmm. almost. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to try this carbed and see what it turns out to actually. Yeah, really it, taste how it like. ends up. Man, that's fun. That's a fun beer. Yeah, and, and I, now I would argue uh, when you get a free moment, look up some Rings of Saturn. <laughs> you'll be like, wow. I will do that on the way home tonight. <laughs> if they're on Apple Music. <laughs> oh, they are. I think they are. <laughs> no, that's good. If anybody doesn't understand the silence I'm drinking. <laughs> Sorry, David, Justin, Cheese. <laughs> cheese is my uh, stepbrother. Oh, nice. I feel like everyone kind of has a cheese in their life. Yeah. His name's Chucky. Chucky Cheese. It just it happened. <laughs> it's really good. Thank you. Excuse me for a second, Facebook. I need a drink. <laughs> no, that's good. All right, so uh, we're a long time. Let's let's so yeah, let's let's go ahead and take a break, and then sure. we'll dig into 
Some Kickstarter. Yay. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I, I definitely have talked to you guys about the mm-hmm. whole Kickstarter thing, but it was not on Cincy Brewcast. Right. We have to tackle it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Drink some more beer, and we will definitely... Uh, We'll, we'll we'll figure this whole thing out and figure out why people are so upset. I still I don't, I don't understand why you're upset, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be back, Sensi for cats. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to be up tight. Beer beer is about having fun. The dream the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today. Right? That is that is the dream. Where we go from here. We're gonna we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Municipal Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. the voice of Cincy Craft. I don't actually have to like rush to come back and like do this whole like transition except when we're live and we're live <laughs> and um, I know there's at least uh, three of you guys listening because your names pop up. I don't know how that works. On Facebook with the audio I don't know if it only pops up people that like 
I'm also following because everybody that's on there are people that I also follow. So I don't know. We're back. Cincy Brewcast at Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati in Blue Ash. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if when I do that I'm feeding into the um, I don't know the collective grumpiness of craft beer. So maybe that's maybe that's the way we should get into this. So there has been like this weird shift in the last I don't know three or four years where I feel like there's a lot of people that really like shitting on things Mm -hmm. and I feel like they when they get an opportunity they jump on it Mm -hmm. to I want to shit on stuff when I started doing what I was doing and when I started drinking craft beer it was very different it was you know you, you lifted everybody up and you were happy that somebody was willing to put their balls out on the table and make beer for you and right. make beer for everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing. And then somewhere along the line, all hell broke loose and people were like, well, no, you don't deserve to make this beer. You don't <laughs> deserve to do this. Or I, I don't know what it is. And I, I, I really wish some of you guys that are on Facebook would kind of chime in and give me your opinion on this too because mm-hmm. you know, why, why do people shit on Queen City? Is it just because of the Kickstarter? Like, is that what started it and people couldn't let go? Or what was it? So, so if you're on Facebook, you know, please chime in with that. And I'm going to turn that right <laughs> around to you. Like, let's, let's talk about the Kickstarter. Sure, sure. You let's guys talk. put a Kickstarter out pretty early on in the whole idea process. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh was not the best Kickstarter that I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> was it a mistake or to where you guys are now in this this transition into who you are now? Um, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it's funny because a lot of people ask us about that. And, you know, the Kickstarter for us and... and damn it's like you know you try to have some fun in life you try to play some jokes you try to have you know just just have just be jovial with it because it's like you know for us it was just like try to get our name out there like hey this is we are actually serious about this we want to do this and you know if we had the financial support from everybody in the kickstarter or not that wasn't like the main goal uh the main goal was just like one for us is like okay no we are committed this is i mean it wasn't just for the people to see that but it's for us to also see that too that you know we're we're moving forward with this and uh you know it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, the personality that you you get when you go back and read the Kickstarter now, like it's definitely very much the personality of what this place has become. Mm-hmm. But I just I, it it I don't know. I people just still like yeah. Those those ballers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like uh, that's, that's that's those guys. And yeah. like, I feel like it has turned some people away. Mm-hmm. Sure has. But I just don't understand. I, yeah, I, I, I really don't understand either. Um, you know, again, if, if people actually came in here and, and saw what we're doing and actually talked to us, they would actually maybe understand the Kickstarter a little bit better. Right. And understand that, you know, uh, even like the, the relationship that Mike and Justin and even Marcus, uh, Mike's friend, uh, brother, rather, uh, that we all have together. I mean, 
we joke around all day long. Um, we don't take too much seriously. I mean, we know what we need to take seriously, but we also understand that, you know, if you just kind of harp on, on the things that don't really matter, you're not really going to progress in life. And I just feel like a lot of people are just harping on things that don't really matter. Um, even even getting called out in one picture holding, like doing an extract brew kit, right, you know? Right. I mean, come on, get over yourselves. They they do not brew extract here. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it is still, like, I, like, there are still people, like, recently... Oh, they brew extract, right? Yeah. Uh, no. no. <laughs> you don't do three barrels of extract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. Um, and, and you know what's really funny is like after you get into the industry, you realize that there are a lot of shortcuts that other breweries take uh, when they brew their beer. Um, you know whether it is that they're using extracts, whether liquid or dry, or they're using hop extracts or hop, you know, hop powder, or this or that, or some breweries have hop extract on their bar counters. You know, so that way you can add it to the beer if it's not hoppy enough for you. Like, come on. You know, uh, we're actually brewing beer the way it was meant to be brewed. You know, we use four ingredients. Granted, we do have some variants. You know, when we did the Birdman um, brew, um, that was our, basically, is a, a stout, but it was our pumpkin cream stout. Yeah, okay, we used real pumpkin in that and spices. So, of course, those don't fall under the four ingredients, right? Um, but, you know, we do variants. It's like the Dark Knight, you know, you drink tonight at somewhere down the road in the next couple of months. I'm going to do a, you know, Dark Cherry Night variant on it Ooh, that'll be good yeah and i'm gonna and i'm gonna take a, a, a barrel of it and age it in a bourbon barrel that we'll release for our you know two-year anniversary you know i mean it, i look at craft brewing as it's supposed to be an art right and and i always find it funny when you're trying to create art how how to your point people want to shit on it because right. it doesn't fit in their schematic of what they think it's supposed to be but yeah if you come here it's a brewery does it <laughs> but i mean kind of on that same line does it hurt like you know do you look at untapped do you pay attention to what people are saying about you or do you just you know well, put the blinders on and just know that you you believe in what you're doing I, clearly i believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. i you know i think that you can look around at these people in the tap room and know that they believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. we also have it? a lot it's funny because we actually have a lot of support from other brewers right. in the area and yeah, no, I mean, I don't, to be honest with you, me personally, I don't look at Untapped. Um, it's still a very subjective place. And it's also something where, you know, not for nothing, there's people that do post stuff on there that is completely inaccurate right. just to do whatever it is that their end game is. Um, I, I believe in what we're doing. And I look at, like, to your point, I look at our customers. I look at the reviews that we get where people are brave enough to post a review on our Facebook page. And we've even started this year, it's going to be a new thing where we're going to share reviews. If you leave a comment and you rate us, good or bad, we're going to share it. However, if you're going to rate us bad, you know, we're going to call you out on if it's a bad review. You know? <laughs> I have a, uh, uh, to, to kind of give people a preview of things that are coming this year, I, I have a segment of another thing that I'm doing that is bad untapped reviews <laughs> where brewers are reading their own bad untapped reviews <laughs> that will probably be on YouTube maybe we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all works out but um, that sounds great kind, actually kind of <laughs> in like there's you know people people forget I think that other people are listening and other people are paying attention to what they say mm-hmm. and I think you know, we, we talked a little bit, I think it was in the break, we might have been on there, I don't know, uh, about how this whole thing has kind of happened, how it's shifted, how it's changed. You know, and I think that there is a 
a small group of people that feel a certain way about what you guys are doing here for some really stupid reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that that's the problem. It's the people that are listening to those people. You know, right. I, I, you know, I, if I can get on the soapbox for a second, you know, just climb up on the soapbox. Just because we're people... And I say we, I will group myself with all of the shitheads. You know, we, you know, we're people who write about beer or talk about beer or who publicly shout about beer, whatever we do. It doesn't mean we know shit. We don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Every time we drink, we're still basing it off of our opinions, our thoughts, our experiences. Beer shifts and it changes based on what's happening to you and, like, where you are and, like... like Beer is beer. Like it's, yeah. it's 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 very relative, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, there's a beer I could drink today and absolutely hate, and if you give it to me in two months, four months, six months, whatever it is, I could have a completely different opinion on it, and that's yep. okay. It's more than just okay. That's what it's supposed to be. There mm-hmm. are beers that when I was you know early on in my early on in my beer drinking journey that I hated. I didn't like them because they were too sour or too hoppy or, you know, you know too, too whatever mm-hmm. that I drink them now. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I didn't know what I was talking about and vice versa. There were the beers that I loved then and I try them now. I'm like, this beer kind of sucks. And like, <laughs> it, it, to me, it does. That doesn't mean that that beer sucks. That doesn't mean that brewery sucks. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that right now, to where I'm at, this is where that beer is. And I just, you know, like, once people start to understand that and once, you know, collectively this craft beer community starts to really embrace that and understand that it's always a shifting, changing thing, mm-hmm. I, 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 the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Let me get off the soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're, you you're spot on. You're spot on, man. <laughs> Show's not about me. We shouldn't uh, preach, but you know, just just you know, fucking try beer. I can I can say that, right? Yeah. Well, it's your show. Yeah. We said it was okay. <laughs> I think we have an explicit tag. <laughs> just drink beer. I, you know, just go and just try whatever you can try, and just mm-hmm. constantly pour beer in your face. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's tag, that's tag that's on the show. Yeah. Pour You're beer in your to face. Cincy Brewcast. Pour beer in your face. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the future. Sure. Uh, so you guys are nano. Yes. Three barrels. You've grown. Uh, grow is probably not the right. You, you, you've uh, improved a little bit since you guys opened. You <laughs> changed from having some non-jacketed fermenters to some jacketed fermenters. Temperature control obviously is important. Very important, yeah. Uh, what is the next step on growth? Is it more fermenters? Do you get bigger as far as brew house size? Do you start pushing more into distro right yeah um i think there's a there's a multi-faceted answer to that um there always is there always is um ideally yeah you know we we are you know we came into it with you know a, a plan of you know within five years we're looking to expand you know whether that's going to be expanding within the same space and seeing if we can get into the the back area of this building mm-hmm. um or having a second location or just you know eventually you know i don't know it's it's really hard to to, to figure out what we're going to be doing um 
we are working on that whole distribution. Um, we are in uh, several places right now, um, several bars, restaurants, and we're looking to expand that. But also keep in mind that it's a three-barrel system. There's still limitations on capacity, You know, making sure we have enough beer in our taps here. So what we're, what we're probably going to be doing on that side is maintaining um, some good relationships with some bars and restaurants, have them as mainstays. Um, and then just focus really on the tap room. Um, actually, our future is there's going to be some upgrades to the tap room itself um, over the course of the next several months. Um, we're working on doing a whole mural on the back wall to really incorporate Cincinnati into the feel of everything, even though we've got the genius almost, at, well, I guess not everywhere, but <laughs> in multiple places here. We have the genius fountain. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that we're toying with right now. Um, you know, we, we were really... Uh, when we put our original business plan together, we were like, oh, X, Y, and Z. And you know, just like every other brewery, it's like, oh, well, that business plan worked great for the first two months, three months. <laughs> and we're constantly adjusting and, and making different plans. So so I really can't say uh, definitively like where we're going to be. Um, but, yeah, the, the goal for us is to expand. Um, if it's a situation where we have to add more fermenters or if we, uh, you know, like I said, if we can get into the backspace here, if we can expand to a larger brew house and still stay um, within these walls, that'd be great. So, uh, but right now we're just really focused on making great beer, um, really just letting people see what our culture is here. Um, right. I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, we see come in here, some of them are, you know, first timers. And, uh, you know, they'll come in here and, and they'll chat with either, uh, you know, Dylan, who helps out behind the bar, uh, Chris, who helps out behind the bar, myself, or one of the several owners. And, and every single one of them was like, my God, like, you guys are like a hidden gem. Like, I need to come back. I need to tell other people. So that's what we're really focused in on is, one, I guess, um, moving some of those haters to at least liking us somewhat um, and, and just kind of rolling it with it, you know, from there. Like I said, we're, we're pretty laid back. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a year from now, all of a sudden you hear, oh, you know, Queen City Birdie. Oh, now they're opening up a second location. Like, that's just how we kind of roll with stuff. Um, and that's that's a, that's a big thing for us is it's about the beer. Um, you know, a lot of other breweries are even, um, you know, a brewery in mind who I will uh, not mention. Uh, but, you know, their, their former head brewer is a good friend of ours. And, you know, for him, he was even saying, man, all I want to do is make damn good beer and have people drink it. Like, I'm not worried about projections. I'm not worried about these numbers or this or that or, or being forced to brew something I don't really want to, you know, brew. I just want to make damn good beer. You know, and, and then the, the other part of that is, uh, aside from just making the beer, we also want to give back, you know, to the community. You know, when we started, you know, we said that we want to be a part of, you know, um, different types of charities, fundraisers, um, and, and really show that, you know, we are a community brewery we're not a commercial brewery. And I think that is, is a huge difference. You know, you, you see, like, even some breweries that, not, not necessarily in Cincinnati, but just across the country, they start out a little bit smaller, not necessarily Mano, but a little bit smaller. <laughs> and, you know, they, they eventually start to outgrow themselves, and they want to launch up, you know, to a much larger system, much larger facility. And then as you start drinking their beer, it's like, ah, some things are changing. And then you start realizing they're catering to a commercial audience versus the community audience. And well, it's, it's hard as a brewery opens and starts to grow to, to balance the balance that growth. Right. To, to, to grow to the point where it, people want your beer mm-hmm. to be able to fulfill that need. But then you, know, you talk about fulfilling community goals that you have to support that. Right. That's hard to do on a three-barrel system. It's, it is. It's, it's hard to support a community when... 
you've got three barrels worth of beer that you're brewing at a time. Mm-hmm. You're trying to support the tap room. You're trying to support the the, the, the the limited amount of partners you guys have with distribution and things like that. It's a it's a it's a delicate balancing. It is. I, you, you know, we're blessed that we live in a city where you can look at a place like Mad Tree mm-hmm. and you can see the way that they have balanced all of that out and grown yeah. and grown to a massive size and yet it's still there's still, still that community focus yep. there and it, uh, it, I think we're very lucky that you have that business model to look at and absolutely they did it we can all do it yeah so, I mean I, I mean I gotta be honest with you I mean you know uh, a friend of mine Dave I'll also leave his last name now because he's tied to other stuff in the industry but uh, a good friend of mine, Dave, you know, he, he introduced me to craft, but he also introduced me to Matry. In fact, you know, we used to work at a specific place that's an enterprise of sorts that used to be right next door to the original Matry. And, and I, you know, I just remember I was in awe, you know, like when I first started going there and drinking their beer, I loved it. It was a great environment, great scene. I still love it. I think Matry is a phenomenal, like to your point, a phenomenal case for someone who's coming into the industry to look at and be like okay if we can model something similar that's awesome i would say that we're actually modeling something different from what they're doing or what they did in the past i mean obviously we're a three barrel system clearly (laughs) and we're in blue ash um but you know we're doing it a little bit differently but yeah i mean they're we look up to them you know in the industry um, the things that they've done, how they incorporate all their people when it comes to making a beer. I, I, you know, I just saw for National Women's Day how they had all their, you know, uh, ladies that work under their roof, you know, put a beer recipe together. I think that's awesome stuff that they do. Um, and that may, maybe in some ways that's how, like, we try to model stuff is, is, I mean, granted, we don't have a lot of ladies that work for us. <laughs> so we didn't do that this year. I apologize. We'll do that next year. Um, but, you know, just, just creating stuff for, for that community that's supporting you. Um, like, I know over the summer they you know they did a whole car show and all the other fun stuff. Right. Um, um, we didn't do a car show. We had the Ghostbusters out here um, with their Ecto-1, which was phenomenal. But, you know, and even for that, you know, that was for Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, um, that's where we're really trying to, like, uh, gain stride and, and maybe hopefully turn some people's heads. You know, a lot of people, like, like you said, have a negative impression of us. But, you know, just recently, I know we mentioned off-air, but... You know, just recently, myself and my girlfriend went to uh, Building Blocks for Kids fundraiser, um, and, and they're a great organization that helps like funding gaps for kids with special needs. And and we're not doing that so we can just get our name out there. Like we're doing that because that's what we want to do. Right. You know, like even like yeah, we donated stuff from the brewery to help with their auction that night. But even personally, like I spent personal money to go towards their charity. You know, and that had nothing to do with the brewery. Um, so those are just things that like we really want to embrace. Um, you know, not to really jump ahead here, but like even for us, you know, moving forward, I can't really give you a date yet because we're still ironing out some fine details. But you know, we we're going to be doing a shave the brewer event, you know, um, and hopefully raise money to to give back. You know, we're, we're partnering with Ronald McDonald House and Building Blocks for Kids to give back to the kids that need it. Um, and I'm, you know, a brewer's beard, it's sacred. And I'm willing to, to get rid of it for I, a good cause. I, going back to Madre, I still have not quite recovered from the charity event where both Kenny and Brady were, were shaved. <laughs> I, I, I still haven't really like uh, got that image out of my head. Right. <laughs> so, talking about that future and about what, you know, how you kind of balance all of those things. You know, how big is too big? I know that 
I know there's probably a part of you that wishes you were a little bigger than a three-barrel system. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah, for sure. But there's also that line of, all right, now this is kind of turned into something else. And I, I, I don't want to, you know, throw anybody under the bus and say that they aren't happy with where they are. But, I mean, there, there are breweries in Cincinnati that have grown to a size where you no longer get to hang out on the brew deck. It's turned into a... It's turned into a manufacturing facility right. that also does lots of other fun things. <laughs> right, yeah. How, what is that line for you in your head? Is there a line in your head yet? Have you, have you thought about that side of things? Like, it, yeah. As you grow, how much can you grow and still like feel the same way? Right. No, and you bring up a really good point. Um, that's actually stuff that, that we have talked about internally. Um, one to answer the one question: Do I wish we started in a larger system? Yeah, of course. Um, but again, you know, we didn't have, you know, right. uh, major financial supporters backing us, investors, or and we're we're actually kind of young <laughs> compared to some of the other guys. So so we're and I give them all the credit in the world. I mean, like cashing out your four hundred one k or lean against your house, like oh, you're you're young compared to them. But if you really break it down, uh, even at what are you guys, 15 months-ish? Oh, I just meant, like, our personal oh, ages. Personal. No, I, <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're little babies. No, but I'm, but I'm talking about the, the, the business oh, itself. Oh, yeah, the business itself, yeah. Like, I mean, even at that age, like, you guys are right up there with... <laughs> I mean, that's... You know, it... it it's, it, we live in a weird city where, yeah. you know, you, there isn't a good, like, long... I mean, there, there's a couple good, quote-unquote, long-term examples, but you're, you're still looking at 2000s. You know, oh, yeah. You, you know, nobody's been open for 40 years. You know, right. That doesn't happen in craft beer. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for... It doesn't happen yet. Well, yeah, yeah. We have to wait 40 years. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, for, for us, I mean... It, you know, in the back of your mind, like when you look at the other breweries as they expand and grow, especially, you know, okay, using like a Madrid or Ryan Geist as an example, massive systems. It's like, oh my God, that'd be awesome because then I can brew one Cincy Famous and I'll last a little bit longer than when I brew a three barrel uh, worth of Cincy Famous. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I look at it and for us, I feel like there is a certain point where, like to your point, uh, you know, there is a too big for us. Um, Again, I don't. I'm not sure where that kind of lies just yet. Only because, like you know, for us, you know, we're we're in this complex, and you know, who knows? Like in a year or so, we can outgrow this. But yeah, I understand. It's like you know, where do we kind of cut that off? Like I think it is great that Dogberry went from a one barrel to a ten barrel. Um, you know, they have a lot of versatility in a ten barrel system, um, and I think that's kind of along the lines where we might go. Like whether it's another, like whether it's a seven and a half barrel system, ten, fifteen barrel system in the, in the future. But I think kind of just just getting something that's scalable, but still keeping it local. Um, I don't. I at least as of right now, um, the conversation I've had with the guys here, um, I don't really think that we're we're looking at you know going outside of you know get going into like Indy or you know Illinois this or that. Again, I say that now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still want to keep it as as much local as possible. Um, and it's really funny because, you know, being from New Jersey, who knows, maybe in the future we'll open up another Queen City, which would be really weird if there's a Queen City in New Jersey. New Jersey, right? Then <laughs> people will really hate us. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, like, we're, we're still taking it day by day. And, I, you know, for where we're at, I think that's 
like the kind of like the best approach. I mean, yeah, we, we, we have our grand projections, our grand ideas of what we'd love to happen, but you know, we still have to take it day by day. You know, we're still growing a business from the, from the ground up, you know, we're, we're self-investing, you know, everything we have into this place, hours, you know, time, money. Um, because again, like we love this place, you know, we love the people we get to associate with that come through our doors, you know, and it's actually really funny because I was talking to my girlfriend recently. I was like, man, like I'm, 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 I'm aggravated. And she's like, about what? And I was like, because everybody who said that they were my friend prior to opening, I don't really see them come through here. But, but what's great about that, I don't really care about that anymore because the relationships that we've made with the perfect strangers that came through our doors and took the time to talk to us or, or we took the time to talk to them or even just give them a, a tour – and that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, while I'm brewing or prepping or anything, like, people are free to come back and talk to me. I go through the whole process if they have questions about it or they, they have questions about, like, how it relates to home brewing, this and that. And to be honest, when you have three barrels, it's not a whole lot different. <laughs> that's what's so fun, too, to me. Like, if you want to understand brewing, mm-hmm. especially if you've home brewed a batch or two, like, you don't go to a Madri or Rheingeis to get a picture of it. Right. You've got to start smaller. You come to a place like this, and you can actually see... Mm-hmm. The scaled up homebrew ideas, right? And then from that, then you go to maybe you know a dog barrier, a tin barrier, you know something that size, and you can see it scaled up there. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a Madri or Ryan Geister place like that, and you're like, oh my god, it all ties in together. Right. You start to see that process, like just growing, and, and see how it all is the same thing, just right? Way bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's um so when we started the show. Mike, who was the host of the show, his favorite question was, what's the measure of success? Mm-hmm. When we talked to a brewery before they opened or soon after they opened, you know, what is your measure of success? How do you know that you guys, you did it? You know, like this, this is it. We, you know, we're, we're not that you won't come up with a new measure after that, right. but yeah. know, what is, what is your measure of success? How do you know you're successful? Yeah, I think, you know, what it is, is. Well, at least for us, it, it's always been, and I hate to go back and almost sound like a, you know, I'm just repeating myself here, but it's a community. You know, the fact, you know, maybe when you asked us in day one when we had our business plans before we even opened, we'd be like, if we're open six months, we're successful. Jumping on, <laughs> you guys are in Blue Ash. Mm-hmm. When you opened your doors, there was nothing in Blue Ash. Right. You know, not just brewery. There just was nothing going on here. It was a, it was a wasteland of businesses right and people came in at nine in the morning and they went to work and they left at five and they were gone Mm -hmm. and then blue ash shut down there's three breweries in blue ash now yeah Yeah. and i don't want to like say that that's because of you guys but no it's it's definitely not uh you guys guys have i mean you guys have right up there with you know OTR as far as the number of breweries that are existing right. in, yeah. in a community. Like yeah. you guys, Blue Ashes is a place. Yeah, yeah. And you guys were right on the forefront of that. Yeah. Whether that was just pure luck and timing, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I gotta say that that goes back not not to your mic, but to our mic, <laughs> the co-owner here. Um, you know, he really just kind of was really pushing it. You know, he's like, you know, we, we really need to get our doors open. And it was really funny because it's almost as if his ears were burning or something right. that other breweries were looking at this area. And it's actually funny, you know, we talked to our, our friends at Fretboard in March 1st. And, and it's really funny because they're like, oh, yeah, no, we were looking in Blue Ash like around this time. And we're like, shut up. So were we. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think it, it was just like 
uh, a culmination of people just having the same idea of putting a brewery where a brewery was needed. Um, but yeah, to, to measure the, the success, though, I mean, we love it because, like you know, I mentioned earlier, we were at Beer Fest this year, which, by the way, being a vendor versus a patron for the first time ever, holy crap. Better or worse? It was it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, and, like, I loved it. Like, I really took that time to interact with, with the patrons that were coming in, um, you know, handing out business cards. We had freebies. We were giving stuff out all night. Uh, we even did a trivia contest via our Facebook yeah, to have people come out. Torture because I was nailing every question. I'm like, God damn it, I'm not, I'm not a beer vest. <laughs> right. um, and, but it was amazing because, you know, so many people, you know, we got to interact with so many people that, you know, had never come out to us before, never had our beer before. And every single person was like, my God, like, this is great because you guys are giving us a beer, you know. And, and I, I think it's funny because I, I, when I say those things, I think to myself, man, I sound like a jerk. But, but in reality, like, I, I look at it and it's like, you know, I love all kinds of beer. I love what all the breweries are doing. But I feel like what's not missing, and I, I say that... It, I don't mean to say missing, but but there's there's something to it where I think some people just want a, a beer that's got those four ingredients and it's true to the style and and that was that's always been my thing ever since we started was true to style as much as possible. We we should have talked about a little bit of that before we were winding down the show. Muggers, <laughs> um, mm. so like. On a nano scale, especially you know, three barrels. Nobody ever talks about lagers. Like, ah, we, we we can't do that. We don't we don't want to do that. We don't we don't we don't want to talk about that because we can't. Right. You have been from almost the very beginning gung ho. I, I I want to do lagers. I yep. want to I want to do things that that I believe in. That I that I want to drink. That I think other people want to drink. Mm-hmm. And you've 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 owned it. You've 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 made it happen in the best way that you guys can right <laughs> um, obviously you don't you're not running a four vessel I don't know, still don't understand decoction i'm sorry andy reynolds at alexandria i, I just don't get it but hey he explained you know, it to me yeah it's great I, I, I can't get it though <laughs> I just, none of it makes sense in my head i understand there's different temperatures and i, I don't know right. I, I, I talk about it i don't i don't have to make it right <laughs> um, but you know, like things like that that you guys are doing that other people that are on the scale you guys are on the scale just don't touch. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Number one, why? And and how do you how do you fit that in? How do you make that important when you, know, you can make something like the Dark Knight or something that's clearly easier to do on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not. I'm. I've never been satisfied with taking an easy approach to something i like to be challenged um and to be honest with, with the exception of doing homebrew loggers <laughs> um which aren't really true loggers unless you have you know an amazing system from like spike brewing or somebody was it it's uh pay cry once or whatever whatever pay once cry once whatever right. is on their system um but, you know, I wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to see if it was something that, A, we could actually pull off and, and B, if it was something that people would enjoy. Because, again, for me, it's about what do people enjoy. Um, granted, I'm not going to take everybody's request for beers because, again, three-barrel systems, that means I'm brewing like a madman left and right. Um, but I do try to listen to, like, what people are saying. Um, and we did have a bunch of people like, man, are you guys going to do lagers? And at, at one point, this is before we even had the jacket fermenters, like, are you out of your mind? Um <laughs> 
But then, you know, we got the jacket of fermenters, and when we were getting the jacket of fermenters, I turned, you know, to Mike, and I was like, dude, we, there's no reason why I can't. Um, yeah, I have to sacrifice a fermenter for a little bit longer than, than the average, but I feel like it's worth it. Um, and I, I say it's worth it because, you know, there's not a whole lot of breweries about our size that even would venture down that road. And, and the funny thing is, it's like, and maybe this is something else I'm going to, you know, get shit for, but having a craft lager, you know, I mean, it, you can actually have some play with lagers. I mean, granted, it's still mostly coming from, you know, your grain and hop profile and no adjuncts or anything, but you can still have some play with it. You can still have some fun with it and you can still present something to people. It's going to be very different and unique from whatever else is on your tap list. You know, I mean, obviously ales and lagers are very different. Um, so, I mean, the one thing we probably won't do here is sours. Um, like Intentionally. Yeah, yeah, intentionally. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we look at it, too. It's like, you know, there's a lot of great breweries in Cincinnati that that's their niche is their sours. There's, there's no desire at all to just dabble? No, no the closest I did um, was this past summer with Lasso of Truth. It actually wasn't a true sour, but the hop variety I used in that beer lended some, some tart flavors to it. So at least um, to the people who are coming looking for something like, something like a sour, they loved it. Uh, it was actually our, it was a white IPA. Um, but they loved it. And like, man, this is great. You know, I'm glad you have this because I'm a sour fan. And I was like, well, it's not so really a sour. <laughs> if if you start getting more and more people that, you know, saddle up to that bar and, hey, do you have any sours? Do you have any sours? What's sour? What do you mean? Does, does that change at all? or <laughs> No, uh, I don't know. It, it would kind of depend. I mean, obviously you can do kettle souring, you know, right. versus just open fermentation and everything. But... I don't know. At the same time, for me, um, is, it, is it a fear on the, the brewing side? Yeah, to, to yeah. Especially being over? especially being a small system, and like that's our lifeblood right now. Obviously, if things change for us and we add more equipment, or again, if we get that backspace, I have no problem venturing down that road. Um, it's just a matter of I just want to keep things as static as possible in terms of the sense. brew space. Okay. In terms, I, of- I, I get it. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think that? people don't know about you guys that you want them to know about you it's out. man uh that's a proper question we have great beer i mean that's one um and i think it's it's for us it's just actually a love for cincinnati like i don't know i i'm obviously i'm a transplant from new jersey and i don't know if people think i'm sincere or not when i say it, but no like i love this city i had an option to move back at one point and I chose not to because I wanted to be a part of this community, a part of the city, and really embrace it. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's just it's just good beer. It's a great vibe. We're friendly as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we're very lax, easygoing there, guys here. There aren't a lot of tap rooms in Cincinnati that still have this feeling. And, mm-hmm. and granted, what this is is going to change. Yep. It always does. It's gonna. It's gonna get bigger, and 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 the feeling of what this is is going to turn into everything. So that's mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be great in its own way. But like right now, where you guys are at is a really fun time for a brewery. You know, it you're, is. You're 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 big enough, but you're not too big. Mm-hmm. There's constant stream of new beers coming in. Mm-hmm. But there's enough beers that you have something for everybody. What that, what that thing is like, you, you're just at this nice, nice balance. Mm-hmm. You, guys are, you guys are nicely balanced. 
That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like your balance. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's really, you know, what we're striving for here, you know, is having that balance for any customer that comes through here. I mean, it's really funny to be honest with you. Like, so, uh, any listeners out there, if I'm ever behind the bar, run away. Because if you come in and if I ask you, hey, what do you normally like to drink? And if your first response is, I don't like IPAs, I'm probably going to pour you a sample of, of our Cincy Famous. And chances are you're going to turn to us and say, damn, that's really good. What was that? And I'm going to tell you it's our IPA. You know, I mean, it's and, and that's that's the funny thing is like, you know, we, we create beers that really change people's perspectives. I think because, you know, IPA, I mean, let's be honest, has a I don't want to say bad rap. I love IPAs. You know, I, we could we could do a really long discussion about that too. <laughs> I I do, but I don't. Like if I if I walk into a brewery and I look at a tap board and I see something listed as IPA, I do kind of skip over it at this point and go to other things. Yeah, but not that I don't like IPAs, but they're so prevalent. It's a huge broad category that yeah. you can't say that, but. And it's so prevalent too. So, and I'm the same way. If I get the chance to go to another brewery, or even just like a, a just a, a restaurant that has a ton of beer on tap, uh, I used to back in the day always pick out, oh, what's the highest alcohol percentage, highest IBU. Uh, now um, I'm always looking for something that's different, something that's unique. You know, especially if a brewery's known for IPAs, I want to drink their stout and see if they're able to pull off a stout. Um, what I have noticed in some of my... Is there not? That they're not, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I, I had a stout recently. Um, I mean, these are, I like all the other beers that they, they typically have, and, and I had a stout from this one place recently, and I was just like, this is way too weak in the body. It's too carbonated. Like, this isn't a stout. You know, it's just a dark ale. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that's the challenge, too. Like, you know, going into it and being able to challenge yourself to brew different styles... And again, just being true to that style. I mean, yeah, there's some beers that we have that have what I, I put in quotes fluff in them. Um, it's just stuff that just appeals or it's a little bit easier drinking than some of the other beers. But in reality, it's like it's still brewed to the style it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just one of those really funny things that you try to, again, balance. Right. It's all it's about, about balance. balance. <laughs> so to kind of sum it all up, if you're listening... And you have not been to Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati and Blue Ash for any reasonable amount of time because somebody else told you their beer was not good. You're you're dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, we can say that you're you're dumb shit. Just come here, try the beer. Do it. Try it for yourself. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you don't like it, come back in six months. Right. <laughs> just keep trying it. Like I, I feel like there are so many people that just give up on things because somebody told them to give up on it. Right. And I just I, I I can't I can't buy that idea of doing things. I can't buy that mindset. I can't can't do it. I yeah. never will because that's you know, I don't know who I am. I don't I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I, you know, just 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 try it and, and make your own decision and even once you make it, you know, just keep Mm-hmm. Keep shifting that decision. Like, <laughs> always keep, always keep like uh, punching at something and, and, and figuring it out for yourself because it's it, it's always shifting, it's always changing. It, it 
it's what craft beer is. <laughs> I, I don't think people quite understand that, that it's, it's, it's supposed to change. It's supposed to be different for you based on where you are and where they are mm-hmm. and where the seasons are, where the day is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always changing. Yep. There are breweries that I will go to one day that on a different day with a different weather... Well, yeah, I don't need to go there because I don't need that pale ale or whatever it is. Right. I need something else. So it's always changing. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Uh, anybody who needs to know about Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati, Blue Ash, <laughs> uh, website. Yeah, so the website is qcbcincy.com. We're also on Facebook, the Queen City Brewery of Cincinnati. It doesn't say in blue ash on that one. <laughs> uh, we're also funny. on uh, Instagram, QCB Cincy on Instagram as well. And I'll uh, we'll put it all in the show notes for this show, and I'll probably fire it out on Facebook or one of those other social media. <laughs> what are they? Networks? Have they call them networks? I guess. Yeah, I guess they're oh, still networks, right? Man, I'm so old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how any of it works. It's social media network. Your your favorite social media platforms. Uh, Cincy Brewcast. If you don't follow us on your favorite social media platform do it share it with people i don't know drink local beer that's lots of beer uh, drink lots of local beer and uh tell all your friends to do the same thing thank you very much sensi brewcast we are the voice the one the only the voice of sensi craft thank you very much thank you